0: Follow the California Country Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cal Country Show. Hey folks, how's it going? Just Dave here, back with another California Country Show podcast. Well, man, it's been like a month. It's been like a hot minute, hasn't it? I know. I've been totally busy, and I apologize for that. I have actually have recorded a few podcast interviews that I have yet to edit, but really good stuff has been happening lately. And it's been keeping me pretty busy. In fact, August 7th, which was the night before my birthday, oh, the hangover, uh, we celebrated the California Country Show's second jam night at Cowboy Country. And it was awesome. Man, we had, we had so many great guests come up and sit in, lots of friends of mine, and Gethin Jenkins, who I play on the radio show, was kind enough to support me and come out and even sing a tune. So it was just so much fun, and I want to thank all the acts, uh, Kevin Banford, Dean Caligaris, Aaron Pax-Taylor, Steffi Cuevas, uh, and everyone else that sat in and jumped in and just was part of the show. It was awesome, and we'll be doing that again the first Wednesday of every month in Long Beach at Cowboy Country. So please follow online in the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Show. And actually, you know, before I get into who I've got on the show today... I want to mention that the California Country Show is coming to Nashville on September 13th. I'll be in town all that week for Americana Fest, and I'm teaming up with some great friends of mine to put together the California Country Show Showcase show. That's a lot of show words. There's a real name for it. The California Country Show at Americana Fest at Acme Feed and Seed on September 13th with an after party at Dee's Cocktail Lounge that night. Well, today I bring you this episode because he's going to be in town. Sam Outlaw will be headlining the Remember the Music Festival Benefiting Alzheimer's Disease brought to you by Betty's Foundation. Now, this foundation is hell-bent on finding cures for Alzheimer's disease. And one of the ways they do it is through music therapy, which is very important for this memory-killing disease. So that's what they're having a festival. Sam Outlaw, Michael Monroe Goodman, Victoria Bailey, Katie Joe and the Mijos will all be out there. Tickets start at $15 each for general admission. And, of course, there's some VIP tickets available as well. And you can get them on RememberTheMusic.org or Eventbrite. And a bunch of music from the acts on the Bill are going to be on my radio show starting this next week. So I sat down for five minutes to talk to Sam Outlaw. He was calling in from Nashville. And he was running late, as artists are wanting to do but very apologetic about it. And that's how we start off this interview. But what's interesting that this interview was supposed to be a quick phoner for the radio show to promote the festival, it turned into a great conversation about his life in California, uh, growing up, all his great influences. His grand old Opry return is going to be August 16th. So that's pertinent. But also, too, he's just got a lot of good stories, including how the hell he got Rye Cooter to produce his debut record, Angelino. I mean, that's a feat in itself. The fact that he came from a world of advertising and then went into music makes total sense. So here it is, my interview with Sam Outlaw calling in, and I'll have more details on Remember the Music Festival, August 24th. Hey, did I mention I'm going to be emceeing that thing too? Man, I'm getting out there. Okay, here it is. Enjoy.
1: I just, I respect people's time and I, I never want people to think that I'm. I just find like sometimes musicians just feel like it's okay to be late or it's okay. <laughs> like, but I, but I had like a real like career job for like over a decade. So I learned to like not be like a shitty person like that. So I'm really sorry. Um, I had more going on than I thought it was going to this morning. And, um, my wife also just took a part-time job, which is great because we'll make a little extra dough, mm-hmm. but it's also tricky because she works in the mornings, and so I'm kind of inundated with things at the house, and we've got two kids, and it's a bit of a circus.
0: Yeah, so, my my life is similar. Uh, my wife works her full-time job, um, so I stay home with our two-year-old son yep. two, two days a week, and then Monday's my day off, which really isn't because I'm doing this hobby right. you know... Um, Right, uh, but but the good news is, I mean, of all the work that I put in to do a podcast and a radio show, it just seems like nobody's doing a California-based radio show, even which in- is so
1: crazy, yeah. right? Like, what yeah. the?
0: Even in California, like we're we're yeah. in California, and it's so. F- I mean, like every radio station here wants to kiss the brass ring of Nashville and right which you know for good reason they'll send them all kinds of content and of course you know all the the big stars will come through but I right I'm going for small markets right now and then I'll go for larger markets but right now as it stands like this show will be on four different radio stations even though they're yeah. tiny it's it's pretty cool so
2: That's
1: awesome. That's yeah. awesome. You're doing you're doing something that's very much needed. Yeah. And I found that like you know I mean, I'm always surprised at kind of how music gets to people. Um, there have been times in my career where I've gotten, you know, kind of depressed or f- you get start feeling like no one cares about what you're doing or no one cares as much or enough. But the truth is, like, there's definitely people out there that hear it and get to it. And if it gets to even a couple of people, like, frankly, that that makes a difference for those people. So whatever the case is, whatever we get with this, I'll be happy to help spread the word. So just let me know how I can do that.
0: Yeah, I will have things to share. The The, the fact of the matter is I'm not completely 100% sure what my radio schedule is, except for sure. except for the one that's in Long Beach, and that one is my set time. Like we're Thursdays at 7 p.m. Um, awesome. with an encore at, at like 10 p.m. on Sundays. And I just send them an hour show, and they play it, and I can talk about or play whatever I want. And, that's so cool, and it's public radio, so it's the only country show in the area at all. That is uh, so cool. So, yeah,
1: yeah, man. I lived, I lived in Long Beach for almost seven years. Um, in many ways, Long Beach kind of felt more like home than L.A. even ever did. So uh, that place is near and dear to my heart. Now, where are you based exactly?
0: North Hollywood, and I. Okay, I want to be very clear all the time because they say, "Ooh, Hollywood, that's a mess, man." I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> let me." This is North Hollywood. It's a little yeah, more male. Yeah, like I'm,
1: I'm, I'm not on the strip fighting <laughs> Spider Man.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. But actually, somebody yesterday was, was talking to me. They said, uh, they say, well, where are you based out of? I said, North Hollywood. And he's like, oh, like every other country band from California. I'm like, ah, I guess that makes a little sense. <laughs> is that right? Well, is that where all the- yes and no. It's basically the Palomino Club. You know, if you remember back right. in the day, there of was course, the Palomino. it
1: has been a long time <clears throat> since that was a
0: thing. But yeah, yeah. well, he—he he, you know, he was uh, a few years older than I was, and he—I think he was thinking of the fact that you know, you've got like people like Amy Lou Harris, and then also Marty Stewart and Vince Gill would cut their teeth or do some shows uh, at, yeah. at the Palomino. So yeah. I think he's thinking of that. But I um, actually did an interview. With a band called the Do Writers, which they've been around for about 40 years, uh, just on okay. tour constantly. Not not necessarily radio, although they do have radio. It's mainly just like they just go out to every single state fair in the nation. Um, but wow. they're they're based out of North Hollywood and were the house band of the Palomino for many years. Wow. And, um, and he was telling me all these clubs that used to be in this area, um, just the live music scene, and this happened in Bakersfield, too. Like, there was—it was nothing but music clubs and all these places to go out to. And then just kind of the scene just changed. And, and it, I don't know if it died, but it it definitely went into a bit of remission uh, as far yeah. as, like, where you could go to see music.
1: Um, yeah, well, I mean, from what I gather, I feel like when the Palomino closed, which—was that in the early
0: 90s? It was—I think at the time—I I didn't I didn't make it to Southern California till actually I moved— I moved to the valley right before 9/11. I remember that because that kind of uh, that, that kind of solidified my my love yeah, of the you know just, you know, just yeah, all these down. people, all these people hanging out at Jerry's Deli on uh, the morning of 9/11, just you know hugging each wow. other and stuff like. That. Wow. I remember that like it was, uh, and right. I, I decided I was going to stay there. But I, I didn't move to the area until then, and then started to learn. Um, and even then, I was playing more because so I play harmonica, so I was playing more blues oh, gigs. Cool. I, I was you know, but I lived in Bakersfield for several years too.
1: So, oh, okay.
0: Um, my folks still live there. So, I've got a little we, bit of history with this guys.
1: My best friends from college uh Curtis and Valley, they actually so they got married like our senior year of college and she's from Bakersfield. So they moved there after college and they just like a month ago after living in Bakersfield for like whatever 12 15 years, they just moved to um San Luis Obispo where we all went to college, but long story short, Bakersfield even though it's not like the the Nashville West that it used to be, I mean it's still a place that means a lot to me and I'm not kidding you um a little over a year ago when my family finally decided to move to Nashville, we were this close to buying a house in Bakersfield because <laughs> I, 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 I found my dream home um but at the end of the day I just I knew in my heart that if I was to move to Bakersfield, I would just be even more kind of on an island. And I, yeah. I, I, I just knew it would not be a. It just it really made no sense. And you can't move to a town because you like a house. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that's not a way to make decisions. <laughs> so try telling that to t- my
0: mom. You know, she's oh, right, right. always sending me these Zillow, uh, you know, listings. Like, hey guys, because you know, especially now that we have a a grandkid for. For her to hang out with, like, yeah, just like guys, you know, we got this beautiful house and what you're, what you <laughs> what you're paying, uh, you could get something, you know, so much bigger. <laughs> and we, so
1: what's your, what's your son's name? Are you said two
0: year old son? His name is Cash. Yeah, uh, oh, that's uh, awesome. Just like Johnny. And yeah, um, funny story that's about so sweet, that. Man. You know, we we were we were toying with all these different kind of country music names. And my wife's not necessarily a country fan. In fact. When I write a song and she likes it, I know it's a good song because it's somebody who's not necessarily uh, a big fan of country music, but she's a horse person, she's grew up in the clubs and all her friends have been line dancing for years and uh, and two-stepping and of course all the horse culture, so uh, Dude, she's been that's, around that's, a lot of it.
1: That's my yeah. wife. She's a full-blown cowboy, like. Yeah. She, we, in fact we were riding yesterday and just every time I see her on a horse I'm like you are a pro. <laughs> it's like the coolest thing
2: morning I know it in the evening I know when the sun goes down When the moon rises There's something inside that says I'm gonna love her for a while I feel it in the cool breeze I see it in the autumn leaves sounds like everybody's playing the same sweet song I'm for a while.
0: Isn't any good at you weren't sense born in in California but you've been out here for a while yeah now you're in Nashville but I mean Technically, uh, yeah so I'm just
1: in- I just I just barely made it to Nashville it's still so weird for me because like mm-hmm. Uh, Well, so the full story is I was born in South Dakota, which, uh, most people forget is a state in the United States of America, but it does, does exist. Um, and then, uh, so and that's actually where like the Morgan side of my family and the outlaw side of the family are from like my mom, uh, outlaw met my dad in Aberdeen, South Dakota, where I was born. So, um, so I was born in South Dakota, my family, my dad's one of nine kids, um, from a farming family. He took a different path. Instead of sticking around to farm, he got into different, like, um, drafting and engineering jobs, which led us eventually to North County, San Diego. So on, on, on the day of my 10th birthday, on July 28, 1992, on the day of my 10th birthday, my family picked up and moved to North County, San Diego, and so I, I, you know, lived out my formative years in, in Poway, which I don't, I think they still use their little like city slogan. They call it the city in the country.
2: Okay.
1: And and when I was a kid and even, even when I was, even before I moved there, like Poway was kind of parodied by the other high schools as like a bunch of farmers with like, you know, hay in their teeth, and, like overalls and stuff. And that was really just because it was a quaint city. Uh, it was technically a city, but it wasn't huge. And there was folks that had horses So I've always thought it was kind of interesting that even the place that we moved in San Diego kind of had this country appeal to it. Um, And then I graduated from Poway High in in 2000. I moved to San Luis Obispo on the Central Coast where I went to school. Um, All the while I was kind of writing songs, but, you know, again, never – Playing out, really never doing too much. Like I played in like the worship band at, at the, the the Christian club on campus because I grew up in a Christian home. They have so a that, music
0: scene out there because um, I i I know Frog and Peach. That's about it. Uh, yeah, for, Frog for and guys Peach. like well, us.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and then there's there's um, there's Boo Boo Records, which is like the, the awesome indie record store downtown. Okay, but I mean, here's the thing, man. I I was growing up at, like so in high school, like because people always want to know like how the heck I got into country music which nowadays is a slightly even less relevant question because like well there's the internet like you don't have to grow up in Kansas to listen to like George Strait That's you know true. to you know whatever you know But when I was a kid, you know, I was into the stuff that every other kid was into. I listened to pop radio. Um, Earlier on in my life, I was listening to like CCM music, Christian rock, because that's all I was literally allowed to listen to. But then, you know, starting 14, 15, 16, you branch out, do whatever you want. And I was into like Britpop, like my favorite bands were like Radiohead and Blur and Oasis and all that stuff, which still like, I feel like today, if you were to take an Oasis song, and produce it even slightly differently, it would be like the most country-sounding thing on country radio. You know mm. what I mean? Like it, pe- people would call it like a roots song. And then, but 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 in my childhood, my like my early childhood, my dad loved jazz. He loved the music, and we listened to Asleep at the Wheel. So this Western swing revivalist group from the seventies, led by Ray Benson. I'm yeah, sure you know yeah. them. But
0: yeah, of course, he's one of my vocal so, heroes.
1: Dude, he's one of my just here, yeah. And i've I've become I've become buddies with uh, one of his sons. So his son Sam is actually, I believe, manages the band. I, I know him, but then his other son lives in L. A. and we kind of uh, befriended each other and became pals before I moved. But so I grew up really. The only country music I was really exposed to was "Asleep at the Wheel." Like every holiday. I mean, at Christmas morning, the family would be woken up to my dad blasting Western swing in the living room. Every road trip was a sleep of the wheel. Um, it, it was just, and even cooler than that is like the the specific record that I feel like was played the most was the the, the big one they put out in 1993 that was called a tribute to the music of Bob Wills and it featured just a bazillion guest singers. And back then I had no idea who these people were, but I mean, we're talking Lyle Lovett, Marty Stewart, Mm -hmm. Dolly Parton, Garth Brooks, um, freaking Huey Lewis sings a song on that record, and I, I, I oh, personally wow. asked, I personally asked Ray Bensmith, I was like, what? You have all these country people, and Huey Lewis, and he's like, no, man, Huey Lewis before he became like a big rock star and was on the Back to the Future soundtrack, making a bazillion dollars, he had like a country group in the Bay Area, which I had no idea about. Anyway bottom line is that that was really my only exposure to country music. In college I was into again mostly the stuff that people my age were into. I mean I I graduated from the high school that Blink-182 went to. So so pop punk as you know in <laughs> pa- like in Poway, like in San Diego in Poway every kid listened to all those bands. It was Lagwagon, it was Pennywise, mm. it was Blink-182, it was Unwritten Law. Now I never really went into like a punk phase, so you you know how there's a thing and it's it's a it's great but like there's a ton of people that come to country music via like punk because like you know rockabilly and these things all kind of feed into that so
0: but for and me not though only that really- but i mean like a lot of the guys that were in those bands are now playing country so That's it's, right. a, it's an easy Sorry. transition for them to follow.
1: That's exactly right. So so they saw their heroes either playing it or, or chanting it or whatever. But for me, country music really started, um, the soil was set with Western swing. So it was almost it was almost like growing up on Bob Wills because so much of what uh, Sleep of the Wheel did was Bob Wills songs. And then I was at college in San Luis Obispo, again, kind of just really started writing more music. And when I look back and like look at some of those old songs I was writing then – and Still not really playing out much. I had like a couple bands that were nothing, but I mean, I look at those songs, I was writing country songs, I didn't even know it, right? And then, and then in 2005, I remember in 2004, I graduated college in 2004, my first job got out of college, and I was like, okay, I know I want to. I like, I like writing music. I like music, but am I really going to be a musician? Probably not. I, I don't have what it takes. I, I didn't have any confidence about it. And I saw all my friends that were doing music full time, just seem kind of poor and destitute and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and desperate. Yeah. And, and, but I, but I got a business degree from Cal Poly and I said, well, maybe I could kind of combine the two and go into the music business. So um, I got my first job at a small indie record label based out of Orange County called the Militia Group. Now they were distributed by Sony, So they had some, they had some, you know, capabilities and they had some good bands. And they were also when they started like, you know, kind of their start was more like the pop punk thing, which I knew anyway. So I started working at this label and, um, that's all to say I was homesick one day. I had like a bad stomach bug and I was in my shitty apartment in Newport beach, um, like channel surfing. Um, and I stumbled on, I think it was CMT doing like one of those countdown shows, like 100 best country singers of all time. And that was the first time, just sitting alone, you know, back and forth between vomiting in the bathroom to sitting on the couch, I heard for the first time George Jones. And I, at least as far as I knew, heard for the first time Emily Lou Harris Mm. and a few few others. So I went out the next day to my local record store. I picked up a not very good George Jones compilation, but it doesn't matter because it's still George Jones. And I picked up, um, Emily Harris's first record piece of the sky and the rest, I mean, it's just, it blew up from there. Like it, it, in my head and in my heart, when I heard classical country music, it just kind of, it, it like the sound of the pedal steel, the, the desperation in the lyrics, um, the sweetness in Emily Harris's voice and those harmonies by Rodney Crowell and all, it just all kind of exploded. And then, you know, you pick up an, a record like Piece of the Sky and you see like written by Graham Parsons. Well, who's Graham Parsons? Right. So mm-hmm. then you look that up. Written by Leuven Brothers. OK, well, who's Leuven Brothers? So you look that up. Written by the Beatles. Well, I've heard of those guys. Uh, written by Merle Haggard. Oh, I've heard of him. I think he has like the Mama Tried song. Right. Well, right. what else does he have?
2: So, <laughs>
1: so that, that, that was kind of like the ultimate gateway record for country music for me. Um, and then, and then George Jones also just, just by looking up George Jones, you find out, well, he was heavily influenced by a guy named Hank Williams. Oh, I know who Hank William That sounds familiar. But then you just go down this never ending path of discovery.
0: Yeah. This rabbit. So type. that was in, oh. that was in
1: 2004 and there's no, like there's, there was just no turning back. Um, I just, I just kind of fell head over heels in love with country and I was home, you know, writing this stuff. And um, eventually got into an ad ad sales job where I could work from home and I had this flexibility. So, um, yeah, I think that was what ultimately led me to have almost the time to go, okay, I can work for a couple hours and then maybe I'll like work on a song Mm -hmm. or I'll work for a couple hours. And I wonder if I should try to put a band together, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that was the easiest, (laughs) that was a long story long, but, um, (laughs) but, but that's, that's, that's where it all kind of started,
2: I guess. Can't work late although I need the money. I gotta get home to my lovin' honey. She'll be there waiting, waiting impatiently. When love is on a roll, love is on a good roll. Usually I meet with the boys on Friday. Only this morning. She said, This is my day. The look she gave me sent a shiver down to my soul. Love is on the road, love is on the good road. I, I love is on, a road. I, I
0: love is on a good road. I view someone like my father, who in my mind introduced me to basically his record collection, which had so many different varieties of things. And mainly it was just, you know, it, you know, there was some country in there, but it was basically, you know, Carlos Santana's guitar playing in the Tower of Power Horn section. And, right. Uh, Janis right. Joplin, Big Brother and the Holding Company, how they can yes. back up a singer who's just, you know, just all over the place. And um, and it's kind of really, in my mind, his record collection molded my impression of what it's like to be in a group, you know, in a band yeah. and, and put that stuff together. And then years later, taking... What I knew about music, and as I'm, I'm really similar to you, but you know, before before the internet, as I'm going to a record store, I'm trusting that you know the the fat dude in the ponytail who's like, "Hey man, you haven't heard this one yet. Check this thing out." And I, I, God, I, I, and that's a Northern California thing. I mean, like, I just all these um, these. These hippie dudes in tie dye shirts and flip flops are are showing me re- yep. records yep. of yep. of classic you know this this Buck Owens track or you know this um, so I I credit that a lot to to my father and, and just all the music I got to hear. That's so cool, man. Oh, and so back to the story of my father. I believe that what we do in life is you know one of two things: either we work for a living to be able to afford the things that define us, or right. we. Do what defines us for a living, and right. you know, and 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 there are different ways where that, you know, having a steady job and a four hundred one k and health insurance is a great way to do the things to pay for the things that you want to do. Maybe travel, maybe, uh, yeah, you know, uh, even if it's music, you know, record demos or or you know, buy expensive guitars. Then there's the other way, the way of. I'm going to work myself up from these clubs. I'll make like 20 bucks a night for a little while for this one set. Yeah. And then we'll you know, we'll see where it takes me. Or, or um, if you hire a band, you know, you might lose a hundred bucks a you, night. You're going to lose they... money. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And you're going to drive them home too. So, uh, yeah. when was it, when, when did it happen for you where you noticed that this is something that I'm, I'm able to now jump into because you, like, like you yeah. said. Um,
1: you know, it was, I mean, I started, I started playing out in 2009, Sam Outlaw, you know, I use my, um, my mother's maiden name, uh, as a stage name just cause I thought it sounded catchy and country and later it kind of became more than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I labored doing little shitty bar gigs for five years. And then in 2014, I, I started rehearsing a band to potentially make a record. I, which included Joaquin Cooter on drums. He asked if he could give the rehearsal demos to his dad, Ry Cooter, and I had no idea why he wanted to do that, but I said, sure, I mean, you can you can give my three-minute pop songs to a living legend, that's fine. <laughs> and then, um, then the next thing I know, I, I had the opportunity to have Rye and Joaquin produce my record. So that started, you know, that name alone, I think, got the attention of folks in Nashville. I went and actually um, finally kind of debuted, uh, I guess it was like almost like my Nashville debut on a show called Music City Roots, which was hosted by Jim Lauderdale. Oh,
0: yeah. And I've, I've been um, there. I've seen it live. It's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did it. I did it
1: right at the tail end before they before they switched to the the new venue. So this was still when it was out at the the original venue. But so I did a couple songs there, and it, I was I was so nervous. And I, I the band kind of it was like a pickup band, so it wasn't you know exactly. Wasn't exactly the Opry, but I mean, it, it it at least got me in front of people in Nashville for the first time, and that was when things honestly started kind of moving, where um, you know I was like, okay, I'm gonna make this record, and, and there was like a label that kind of came along and a booking agent. So that that was when it kind of went from like push came to shove. And um, that that said though, man, I mean, my ability to make a li- like, okay, so if I was single, if I was single and or didn't have kids. I could be my, my cost of living would be a fraction of what it is now. So the the the, the ability my, my ability to do this effectively for a living kind of changes from like month to month. Um, because the prospect of touring now is such a bigger kind of sacrifice, you know, like when it's just you going hitting the road with some friends to play songs and you know, you make some money or you don't make a lot of money but you make some, whatever the case is, it's that's all fun, that's all great. But, you know, I'm. I've got two kids now. I've got a home. I've got yeah. a mortgage. I got a wife. So the, the thought of hitting the road for a month is like, whoa, damn. Okay, well, we need the money, but I'm not going to see my kids for a month. Yeah, that's a big seem, trade-off. That sure. seems pretty shitty, you know. So, um, but yeah, I. So I, like, it's like when people ask me the question, "When did you decide you wanted to do music for a living?" I'm always like, well, I'm kind of still waiting for that moment. <laughs> 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 I, th- I think. I think there's times where I feel like um, I, I, it really seems like this incredible thing. And then there's times where it seems like this incredible thing with maybe just too many strings attached. Um, but I don't know. Like you said, man, it's like grass is always greener. Like when you've got the proper gig where you get paid every two weeks and you've got benefits and there's a plan and maybe you're strapped to a desk or maybe you've got a shitty boss, whatever, you know, maybe there's all these things. But hey, you've got, you've got regular income and you, you don't have to worry about putting food on the table and you have a, you have a path. Um, and then when you're doing music and you're out on tour and it's great and everything's crushing and it's amazing, but then you start missing your family or missing your kids or you can't find that connection time with your wife. I mean, it's all trade-offs, dude. It's, you know, it's all trade-offs. And I think it's, I honestly, for me, I, I would say that my heart about it changes almost on a monthly basis. Yeah. And I, I give myself that space. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to convince myself that, like, I was only created for one way to live. And I think I'll always be on the path of discovery as to what that should be for me. And I try to, I try to not stress, you know, the fact that I don't always feel completely secure in whatever I've chosen. Because that's just life, I think.
0: That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you yeah, the balancing act is, is there. Um, Dude. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, with uh, with a wife and kids, I mean, there's this const- oh, man. constant uh, teamwork, push-pull, scheduling, where are you going to be on this day sort of thing, and um, can you pick up the kids here? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and, and that, you know, as as much as that can be a hassle for many, like I, I I love those moments. I love the fact that now I'm home and I get to hang out with my boy and, uh, oh, and play, man. play with it's, the dogs and stuff. It's, it's It's great.
1: It really is. I think, you know, when I – when, when my first born Leo, when he was just an infant, I missed so much of that. And I, I don't want to say I regret it because I don't know if I believe in regret too much, but I, I definitely like now that I've, I've been home for so much of, of the birth and infancy of our second born Magnus. Um, I mean, these are such special times. I think my personality, it's really hard for me to, I always want to be efficient. I'm always trying to get things done, do stuff, progress, move on. What's next? And like having children is not about that. Mm. Having, having children is about kind of being present. You're hanging out in the moment and maybe you're like changing a diaper. Maybe you're doing something completely, you know, not exactly what you signed up for in life. Like I thought life was going to be this. But the truth is, you know, these moments with our kids, this is this is to me real life. And I think I I had to kind of reprioritize my heart a little bit to get to that place, to be okay with that. But now, thank God, I feel like I'm I'm much more there and it feels, it feels amazing. The time I get to spend with my kids is, is that is to me what life is about. Um, And again, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you stop creating or you stop having goals and ambitions. I'll always have that. Um, and your family sustains you through that. Um, but it was a hard transition for me to, to kind of, I guess, be okay with, um, the sort of mundane moments in, in parenting. Um, because I, I'm always trying to look for the next thing and that's just really not, <laughs> <laughs> that's just not what parenting is about.
0: I actually revel in the mundane. I always say I'm, I'm just, a uh... My whole goal in life is to be as boring as possible by the end of it. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I, want I love be. that. That's all I, I want love that. You. And then so, but speaking of being gone, I mean, you are, I know that I'll be in taking the California Country Show to Nashville. Finally, it's been a while, but um, this show is going to do some showcases out there for Americana Fest, which you've been part of awesome. before, I guess. But, oh, yeah, yeah. But we're missing you. You're going to be in Europe.
1: I'm going to be in Europe, man. Yeah. I just, the, the dough that I can make going over to Europe for almost, it's it's mostly since entire month of September and then like the first week of October. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Americana Fest. That organization has been so incredibly supportive and cool. And, um, I think what they do for music really is tremendous, but unfortunately I'm going to miss it this, this month, but I always kind of make happens. the joke like, yeah, I mean, quite frankly, like, you know, it's not like I'm I'm gonna play Americana Fest and like suddenly get discovered, quote unquote. You know, like, like <laughs> if, if if that if that was like the more if that was more some like thing on the line, then I you would probably carve out and really go for it. But instead, I'll, I will support Americana Fest from another continent, oh, and mean. I'll be play, playing my music and, and supporting them as best as I can.
0: Well, uh, I just played with your uh, buddy Stephen Musselman yesterday. Oh, I so he, love Steven. Yeah, he, uh, him, and Elijah Ocean and, and myself were uh, a band yesterday. We just did a little Sunday Dude, brunch. That's day. so cool. Yeah, man, that's so cool. I'm telling you, small world, bro. Small. The world gets I love smaller those guys and, and smaller
1: and yeah, I'm going to be taking Steven out on tour again, actually. Well, oh, first cool. of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be he's going to be in the band for this show that we're doing on August 24th, which we'll but, um, talk about in a
0: second. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, but no, I love those guys. That's awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be great. And so now, uh, I, I'm not sure if I'll be there. I hope I can be. I may even be the MC because I have this game cool. show, you know, game show voice since I was like 14. But uh,
1: <laughs> I love that. I love the voice. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Uh, August 24th is the Remember the Music Festival, and Sam Outlaw is the headliner. And of course, if you listen to the radio show, you'll have heard that my my friend Michael Monroe Goodman is also a uh, well, he co-hosted the show, but he's also an act. So is Victoria Bailey, uh, Katie Joe and the Mi It's going to be a great day, and it's going to be outdoors in Rolling Hills Estates. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful place!
1: Yeah, it's it's basically like Palos Verdes, right?
0: Yeah, Rancho Palos Verdes. Rolling Hills is the uh, a little higher up. If you have you ever been to that area? It's, it's I
1: have, yes, but it's been it's been a minute. But yeah, I've definitely been out there.
0: Rolling Hills is one of those places where all the sidewalks are sawdust and the little crosswalks to get there. Uh, are higher the button to crosswalk because people are on horses. So, ah. uh, yeah, it's pretty cool up there.
1: Well, I'm, the, yeah, I mean, dude, any chance to get to play in a place like that, I'm like, sign me up. That sounds good to me.
0: How did the organization, Betty's Foundation, find you? You know, I
1: don't know. <laughs> um, I, I would guess that, um, the gentleman who, who reached out to my, my booking people, um, I think maybe just knew of me via like the LA music scene would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Because when he, when he reached out, it was, it was on the premise of, Hey, this is something you could do before you leave for Europe. Um, not, not knowing that i would even moved to Nashville. Um, but, but it actually worked out because I was able to, um, you know, make some good things happen around this trip. So it completely made sense for me to just fly into LA for a few nights and then fly back. Um, nice. but yeah, so I'm not sure exactly how he found me. Um, I, I never know how anyone finds me. I, that's why I, I sometimes ask people, how the heck did
0: you find me? Well, I'm the same way. I have realized that through, I would get I get emails from the website, which I had never done before. I don't know what I've done differently. But I'm getting all these, you know, lately. I mean, I think that's kind of what it is, though. I think you are great at uh, not only the music, which I'm, I'm a big fan, and uh, it's, it's funny, I, I, I remember learning about you from, they had a special on Outlaw Country Radio, so I'm driving home, uh. driving home from a gig in Lake Havasu, and I'm just listening to this very cool, which is what I do in the podcast, kind of this musically tapestric tapestry, I, I, it's the musical tapestry is what it is. Um, there we go. Uh, make, make it a noun, yeah, of, of the tunes and and uh, and really digging your new stuff too. So, yeah, I'm um, I think just finding yourself, you get you, you're out there in the world, you're involved in stuff. You, you know, obviously still have the radio play, uh, that's yep. going on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're lending your name to a really good cause, that's for sure.
1: Well, you know, Alzheimer's has like pretty deeply affected my family. I mean, my. My my uncle Gary Outlaw recently passed away. Um, my mm-hmm. uncle Lanny Outlaw is struggling right now with his health. Um, these are things that have deeply affected my family. So um, quite frankly, you know, again, when, when you get reached out to about cause stuff or stuff that has a nonprofit element – um, you obviously take a look and want to make sure that it's something you believe in. And yeah, that this was kind of like an easy one for me to say, you know, as long as I can make it work financially, you know, I don't I, I can't like <laughs> put my family at financial peril to fly out and do of the course, show. Yeah. But, as, but as long as I can make it work, then it's something that's near and dear to my heart. So I'm, I'm really glad that it worked out and I feel honored that I get to headline it.
0: Yeah, the organization is Betty's Foundation for the Elimination of Alzheimer's Disease, and this is the 10th year of doing this festival. But it looks like it's going to be their biggest one yet. We've got great bands. Uh, there are VIP tickets available, and also there are uh, child prices, and general admission is only 15 bucks if you want to get in for the day. So That's August, a deal. August, I, it is a deal. 15 bucks to see all you guys. there uh, I mean, plus, even if, even yeah.
1: if even if there was no music you have to just hang out in a beautiful park and enjoy some sunshine it, it it's cool. a beautiful
0: park I'm sure the there it's gonna smell of uh, sawdust and eucalyptus as, yeah. as you roll, as you roll through the rolling hills estates the
1: the, um, the 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 clean smell of the rich people that live nearby will be wafting <laughs>
0: <laughs> wafting Absolutely. into the, the leaves. <laughs> the axe body spray and sandalwood oh god sand, I don't know Uh, But also, too, there is VIP tickets, so if you want to pay a little extra more to support this great charity, then uh, please log on uh, to—actually, look them up on Facebook. Remember the Music Festival 2019. I will have have more information for you at the end of the show, so hang out. Um, Sam Outlaw, you're going to be here— in town, hopefully we'll get to do a podcast together. That would be great. Uh, we'll get Let's a little deeper into the music, and uh, you can curse up a storm all you want because uh, it's, <laughs> it's strictly internet. Awesome. <laughs>
1: I don't. I don't think I have like a dirty mouth until I am aware that I'm not supposed to say certain things. I'm like, oh goodness.
0: Well, for me, I. I've got that radio thing where it kind of prevents me from doing it. But when I'm around, right. when I'm around my friends and we're talking shop, especially about music gear, uh, records, or just uh, you know, just life in general with uh, the people yes. that we you know talking smack, I can it it shuts on. And uh, yeah, I'm a. Uh,
1: I like, uh, I, and I always think I, I always think I can't shut it off. So for you, it's the radio. For me, it's like if I'm around my grandma. Like if I'm around my grandma, there you go. Yeah, it's like, like your church only.
0: Voice. Yeah, yeah, it's a different vernacular. Absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: Even Gotta the be. way I say stuff, like I I'm learned cuz we when we first started this show, my my partner and I, we did strictly SoundCloud, okay? So we were just sending music out to our friends, basically. Well, and then it moved to an interview format for iTunes, and then it became this radio show which is now going to be out there in four different markets so far and we'll see where it goes from there, but that's awesome, but it's always been like for me now. That time was great to practice being able to to quickly make that transition between, you know, how do you say things clearly and for the public? And yes, al- and then also how do you how do you knock it down a few notches for the FCC as well? So yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but stay stay relaxed the whole time, and it's fine everything. Yeah, man. There's, a, there's a five second delay everywhere. So. Okay. 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 <laughs> oh, I'm not, you're, we're not live. I mean, this is right. Yeah. <laughs> I know this can be edited. This, this can, this
1: can be edited, but
0: yeah, I, I mean, even
1: for <laughs> podcast stuff, I'm always like, I feel like I'm still being somewhat careful. Like i don't know, not trying to impress anybody with my horrible vocabulary,
0: even live, live. I have what I call the PG 13 rule and yes. you, you can be Aggressive, you can be funny, you can be all those things, but you only get to say the F word one time before go. before you get an R rating. So um, there you go. So if you're gonna pick your moment, say it at the right <laughs> at the exact the exact time where it's the most effective or the funniest. And then uh Yeah.
1: I have a I have a moment line, but I'm probably not gonna use it anyway, just just to be extra careful. <laughs>
0: I don't know. You'll, you'll, you'll get, you, I, you've, get enough, you've got enough experience on stage. You, you, you know enough as to when, when the right time is. So That's right. Well, cool. Well, Remember the Music Festival 2019, the 10th anniversary. Look them up. Rememberthemusic.org. Sam Outlaw, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: My pleasure, man. Thanks so much.
0: Cool. Yeah. When you're ready, I'll press record, and we'll start this interview. Ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, there you have it, my interview with Sam Outlaw on the California Country Show podcast. You can look up his dates, including his European show dates and local ones here in California and in Nashville on samoutlaw.com. Thanks a lot, Sam. The stories are great, and his music is very cool. I've been a fan for a while. I just realized it's kind of my biggest grab so far. You know we're going to work our way up. Dwight Yoakam, we're coming for you. And, of course, just a reminder, the 10th anniversary of the Remember the Music Festival is August 24th, 2019. Starting at noon at Ernie Hallett Park in Rolling Hills Estates. You can get tickets at RememberTheMusic.org. Or look it up on Facebook. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Just Dave himself will be the MC of the festival, which is kind of cool. I never run out of things to talk about. As long as they're here in front of me with a piece of paper. Tickets for this festival start... Fifteen bucks VIP tickets start at sixty bucks so you can get like the table and the whole the whole nine bottle of wine all that stuff like that. Twelve years old and under are free and the headliner Sam Outlaw will be supported by Michael Monroe Goodman, Victoria Bailey, Katie Joe and the Miho's Robuck and the $2 Bill Band supporting Betty's Foundation. So make sure you go to that and I will see you there. And I want to let you know too that portions from this podcast are going to be on my radio show. And if I play my cards right and you're listening to this, you can actually tune in. This is crazy. When I talk to my friends, I'm like, yeah, I got a radio show. and We're going to be on four different radio stations. And they're like, man, I should get a radio show. And if you are an artist or a label or a manager, contact me. You know, I'm not only doing interviews in, the, in, in this podcast form, but I'm also interviewing people for the radio taking music submissions I'm trying to play as much California based country as I can mixing it up with a lot of cool music you'll be in great company plus we'll be we'll be out there in the world so email me just dave at california-country.com for more information and also please look up the California Country Show on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at CalCountryShow Show. The website's not done yet. I'm working on figuring that out. But also, I'm, I'm literally just trying to live a life here <laughs> and make these shows. And thank you, Sam Outlaw, for making that a lot easier for me. The boy can talk, and we're going to have a really good time. So stay tuned. The next podcast I will air as soon as humanly possible. I know. It's been a rough go for me to keep this thing going, and hopefully I'll be able to get these things once a week. Speaking of which, if you're a webmaster, editor, editor, Anybody that's really good at this stuff, especially advertising and marketing, shoot me a message. I'd love to hear from you. So remember, September 13th is the California Country Showcase at Acme Feed and Seed during Americana Fest. And I'll be out all week doing interviews and just relatively partying, hanging out with my friends and jamming. All right. Well, stand by for greatness, folks. More on the way. Take care. I'll see you soon.